Unlocking What Was Cool. Hosted by Mike Lane and Neil Gilbert. So, Mike, I'm thinking about writing a TED Talk where I just remind people that at one point it was popular not to cut the tags off of hats. And that's how that was the lowest point in human history. Yeah, we've somewhat evolved or devolved since then. Mm. Not sure, but uh, we're live, Neil. Oh, well, Mike, thank you so much for joining me today. I have to report back to you. I went to America about a week ago, went into the States. I was inside Buffalo for an evening and uh, was able to stop in at Target. And uh, completely wiped clean their uh, Oreo Cakester stock. They had, good, uh, good. I think they had seven boxes. We bought all of them, I believe, as well as a few other various flavors. So I'm all stocked up now on Oreo Cakesters. I got a few for my wedding coming up in a few months. We have a box for ourselves here. I have a box, of course, for you. Thank you. And I have two boxes for when we go to the cottage with our friends in a couple of weeks. Mm. So I, I'm fully loaded until uh, until you probably will go next to America to refill us. Seven boxes is impressive. I feel like every time I go and buy cakesters there's only like two or three boxes yeah uh, and i'm like come on like uh, we need better stock we need more cakesters right. and we need them in canada too right so i think that the, the the strategy that we have now my fiance came up with this is that there's two targets in buffalo one kind of close to the queenston border mm -hmm. uh the gate and then another one kind of south more closer to downtown buffalo we went to the one further south which is further from the border and that had a way better stock of uh all types of different oreos mm -hmm. and they had like i said seven cases which is above average for even american targets uh and coming back in through the border at the end of the night you know as uh, customs do they did ask you know did you buy anything Thing, and I was just like <laughs> Oreos <laughs> and uh, she, she just like kind of like nodded her head like cookies <laughs> and I said yeah yeah cook and she's like any particular kind and I was like yeah yeah yes. the Oreo Cakesters and I went into like a 30 second elevator pitch for Oreo Cakesters so I think that I may have made another sale there uh, with the border patrol agent well, yeah you really need to get those commission checks coming through because uh, yeah making a sale with a border agent I uh, mm. love that I, I love border agent stories it's, it's funny when they you kind of like snap them out of their job I know. And, and they're like, for a second, they're just like, wait, people. wait, what? Like, oh my God, right, cakesters. It's like when I yeah. went across the border in Chicago and a guy gave us a hard time and then uh, saw on our ticket to, to Riot Fest uh, that Kill Switch Engage was playing uh, that, uh, that weekend. He said, oh, Kill Switch is playing? Okay, you guys go through. <laughs> so. he, he closed his gate right away and went right outside to go buy a kill switch and kill, kill switch and it's a hard band to say kill switch engage ticket. He was a big fan. <laughs> yeah, he was there right away. So yeah, it's really funny when these guys kind of like snap out of their their mm. uh, border security. There's like security kind of role and like just become real right. people. And uh, and and maybe he also likes casters too. But um, that, maybe. that's that's pretty funny. Uh, I love uh, I love hearing I love hearing some good Oreo stories in there. Oh, yeah, of course. See, my thing is when I go into the States and back into Canada, I never know if I'm dealing with an American or a Canadian citizen. I don't know how that works. Like, am I talking to a Canadian when I'm coming back? So maybe this person honestly didn't know. But I did tell her they were available in Canada 15 years ago, and I'm doing everything I can to bring them back into the country, including smuggling them in through the border. But I did not get detained in America, thankfully, Mike, because mm -hmm. this week we had a Nintendo Direct, which was very exciting. A Nintendo Direct on June 21st. What a what a crazy hour that was, or forty five minute direct. What top level? What did you think of uh, the direct from last week? Oh, I really enjoyed it, and I was actually right in my prediction. I said to a bunch of our friends and some of my other friends as well, saying that I think this is going to be a pretty Mario focused direct. I think we're going to see a lot of Mario stuff just because we haven't seen basically anything 
other than rabbits um since we had odyssey i mean i guess super mario maker 2 and, then, and all the Mario Kart Deluxe DLC. Well, oh, no, I mean Super Mario, like, as a franchise. Oh, yeah, yeah. right, 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 um, yes. So, like, I guess we also did get the, uh, like, the ports from Wii U and technically Wii, uh, mm-hmm. the, like, the 2D ones. But, I mean, that's not the same. I, I, I We hadn't experienced a, a big direct talking about Mario stuff, and we finally got it. Uh, and I was really, really happy, obviously, to, uh, to see that uh, Mario did get some love. Uh, the, the, the Mario, Super Mario Wonder, the new game, which we'll talk about in a second, uh, that looks really cool, but I was probably the most shocked, uh, with Super Mario RPG that, that just blew me away. I think that that was leaked before the direct, but we're pretty good about avoiding spoilers, but I think a lot of the news in this direct was already kind of public knowledge. Mm. Um, I like to go into these things very spoiler free and I was actually really enjoying it because I was, I was just talking to you while it was happening with friend of the show Zaffer. Mm. I was on, uh, on our discord call cause I was at work. I couldn't watch it. So you guys were kind of just narrating to me everything that was happening <laughs> yeah. and it was really fun. It was kind of like watching a direct on the radio, uh, really neat, but I did eventually go home and watch it. Uh, the full thing on YouTube, I scrubbed through some of the uh, JRPG stuff, of course, the as farming you do. Sims. <laughs> the farming sims. This one was chock full of, what, two farming sims, least, I think, in this I one? <laughs> yeah, but it was definitely a really good direct. I feel like I haven't been this excited about one in a long time, maybe since Tears of the Kingdom really got a deep dive, which mm-hmm. it's been it's been a while since we've had a direct like this and several surprises for, for myself. So I'll, I'll run through it here and uh, we can stop, we can park on any game here that sounds interesting. Uh, but the, the big announcements here, Pokemon DLC for Scarlet and Violet. Violet, you and I aren't huge Scarlet or Violet fans. Uh, I don't know. Are you picking up that uh, that DLC? Uh, maybe, probably not. You can move on. Yeah. Okay. Sonic Superstars, which is uh, a new 2D Sonic game. We got that. That's pretty cool. I know 2D Sonic fans. They like those games. They're adding four player co op, which is kind of neat. Uh, Myth Force is one that I want to talk about real quick. This was the 80s style cartoon um, dungeon crawler RPG game. It looks really cool. Did you uh, did you think that one looked interesting? Yeah, and it was actually, it's made by Asper, uh, which is, mm. I don't know if they actually have made their own games before, but Asper, you might know them for porting all the Star Wars uh, games onto mm-hmm. the Switch or probably onto other consoles as well. But uh, they, they've basically been taking all those Star Wars games like Knights of the Old Republic. They did the, the pod racing game, too. They did basically anything right. that, that Star Wars, that LucasArts uh, did back in the day. Asper has been involved in, in moving them over to new consoles. So uh, I when I saw their logo, I was like, hey, I know them. Like, that's cool <laughs> that they're going to get their own game. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I loved it. I thought it looked really interesting. I have never played a full dungeon crawler like that before, and I think I might jump in on it. I love the yeah. art style, love the cell shading, uh, like the callback to the old 80s cartoons. Looks really neat. Then we had Detective Pikachu 2. I never played the original on 3DS. Uh, I really need a demo of Detective Pikachu 2. I want to try it before buying it. And I, of course, need Danny DeVito to voice Pikachu, which still isn't happening. Yeah, <laughs> that was a strange one. Uh, mm-hmm. I was like watching that. I'm like, I don't know about this, but you know, I get it. I get it. <laughs> Yeah, you got to have those Pokemon spinoffs. I can respect it. But the big news here, Super Mario RPG, the classic RPG from Enix on uh, SNES. I think it's Enix who made it, not Square. I can never remember. Can't keep them straight. But the classic SNES game from the 90s is getting remade, remastered for the Nintendo Switch, coming out later this fall. This was absolutely spectacular news for me. Just just unbelievable. I, 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 I would have never thought... Because I feel like the time has passed. It's a very Nintendo thing to do, right? People ask for something, they don't do it, mm-hmm. then they do it five years later. Uh, but uh, I feel like there was a lot of hype about um, about 
uh, the Legend of the Seven Stars and uh, like that, the whole story and everything. Maybe mm-hmm. like five, six years ago. I don't know why. Maybe the, like the twentieth anniversary or something. But people were really uh, into it and talking about it and like kind of praising it and saying how like it's like the most beautiful SNES game and everything too. And and it's kind of like a lost gem because we um, we can't really play it anywhere. And I was like, yeah, I know that game. And that was like, that was it for me. Uh, but I, I've always, always wanted to actually play this game fully. I played it a little bit, uh, as you do, right? But I, I've never fully uh, dove into this just because I was too young and I didn't have a SNES. So now that it's actually coming to uh, uh, to switching, basically getting the Link's Awakening treatment is yeah. is kind of what I I saw it as in terms of the uh, the kind of graphics, the kind of gameplay. It looks very Link's Awakening, even with that kind of two point five D as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the art style. I don't know how I feel about it yet. This was one that we're going to talk about the other Mario game. I think I like that art style a little bit more. But I love the SNES art style for Super Mario RPG. This yeah. one gives it that Illumination Nintendo polish, like you said, the Link's Awakening style. So I'm sure I'll get used to it. I love the original game. It's very funny, very, very deep RPG. I love the story in it. So I'm excited to play it again. Uh, That's going to be a lot of fun later on this fall. Moving on to the Arkham Trilogy is finally coming to the Switch. That was rumored a while ago, I feel like. Uh, It's funny because WB, they're, of course, also putting uh, Hogwarts Legacy on Switch. And my fiance did say, interesting how there was no Hogwarts Legacy news here in this. But they did happen to throw in Arkham Trilogy. So that's good. Those are fantastic games. Mm -hmm. I would recommend playing them on other consoles but cool that they're coming to switch you can play them on the go we got some sparks of hope dlc which is kind of cool we don't play that game so won't be picking that up anytime soon but then we move on to pikmin news pikmin 1 and 2 are coming to switch this was an exciting surprise for me i'm of course a big fan of pikmin 1 and 2 and now you will eventually be able to play pikmin 1 2 3 and 4 all on the switch which is awesome nintendo needs to do this with all of their franchises they really do i mean like uh Every franchise should be on the Switch that Nintendo controls completely, and Pikmin is one of them, where it's completely them who've developed this. They've always had an opportunity to just put these on, so um, it was amazing that we actually do have Pikmin 1 and 2 now available to play, Uh, and this makes sense. They should be doing this for every game that comes out, like like a Pikmin 4, which is, you know, the fourth in a franchise. They should definitely be... A couple, you know, months before saying, hey, like, here's all the, the, the backlog of games. Play these, and then you can go play um, uh, Pikmin uh, uh, Pikmin 4. And they did that with No More Heroes, the almost the exact same kind of thing. No More Heroes 3 comes out, uh, and then, like, a month before, they put out 1 and 2 uh, on the Switch, was a hit, which was really, really awesome when that happened, too. Uh, I know Xenoblade mm-hmm. uh, is finally, all three of those are finally on the Switch, too. I know uh, they were trapped uh, on other, on the Wii and Wii U before, so, like... Keep doing this, Nintendo. Yep. This is great. Yeah, and yep. Pikmin looks great. Pikmin 4 mm-hmm. looks really good. It looks like a really great yes. evolution of what that game should be. Yeah, I love it. It's funny how they've released it. Pikmin 3, 4, and then 1 and 2. It's a great order to release them all in. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, Pikmin 4 looks fantastic. 1 and 2 will be available later on, I think September or October. I forget the exact date. You can buy them at least... You can buy them together or separately, which is a cool thing to do as well. So yeah, Nintendo keep pumping out these old games, get them off of old hardware and onto the Switch. We love it. Another collection here is the Metal Gear Solid Master Collection Volume 1, which includes Metal Gear Solid 1 through 3, as well as some of the original Game Boy and NES Metal Gear games, and even some artwork and soundtracks, which is really cool. Uh, This is another awesome collection. Uh, A lot of collections today on the Switch. Um, Don't know if I'll be picking this one up. I'm still waiting for that GameCube uh, Twin Snakes remake. (laughs) 
Yeah, I don't think that's ever happening, unfortunately. No. <laughs> I know, I know. Every time I see Metal Gear Solid, I'm like, oh, Twin Snakes? No? I know. Okay, move on. <laughs> yeah, and this is coming to other consoles too. Metal Gear for me has always been more of a PlayStation thing, yes. uh, and I'm also not the biggest stealth guy on the planet, so still very exciting, but... Uh, the other game here, moving on, is Vampire Survivors, which is made by the Ikaruga developers, which is really cool. And this game looks awesome, kind of like a Castlevania... Uh, meets Ikaruga. <laughs> meets Ikaruga, yeah. yeah. It looks awesome. I've heard people who have played it on PlayStation 5 and PC who claim it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. So this looks like a good addition to the Switch catalog. Um, do you think you'll be picking this one up? I might, actually. If, it, if it's, like, yeah. a decent price, if it's 20 bucks, like, I'll, I'll pick it up. Mm-hmm. It's I love Ikaruga. Ikaruga's amazing. It's so much <laughs> I fun. So I, I, I'd be down. Yeah, looks awesome. Then we had some Mario Kart 8 uh, announcements, new characters, and one new track based in the bathroom. But the big announcement here of the day is the new characters, I would say, with PD Piranha coming back. Yeah, good to see a little Double Dash um, content there. Uh, I know it was too bad they didn't show us the actual tracks because I wanted to talk about it. I was like, oh, is there going to be a Double Dash track? But uh, mm-hmm. I guess we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. Also, Wiggler is coming back. I'm still waiting for Rob to be on that uh, character <laughs> roster, but maybe with the next wave, we'll have to wait and see. Then we had WarioWare, a new uh, WarioWare game coming out. I think it's called Move It, and it's uh, definitely the... Uh, I don't know why Nintendo's doing this, because they just came out with 1-2 Switch 2, whatever it's called, and now they're coming out with this one, which is another motion game. Uh, I love the WarioWare minigames, but I don't think I'll be playing a motion game this heavily focused on uh, getting up and twisting and moving my arms around. <laughs> No, and also, like, the WarioWare game that came out for Switch, like, uh, two years ago, I think, was really good. Like, they could have just added DLC to it. Uh, it's kind of weird that they, they're making a whole new game. And like you said, like, 1-2 Switch is also coming out, which seems to be the same kind of stuff. Uh, we talked about this at, like, probably the beginning of the GameCube podcast, which is when we talked about how 1-2 Switch should have really just been a WarioWare, like, branded game. It would have yeah. been so much better if you threw Wario into that world. Like, you could, you could not call it WarioWare, but you could at least have Wario part of it. It would be really funny. I think it would have sold a lot better. Yeah, I would have preferred if they had just cut out 1-2 Switch and just done WarioWare as this uh, this market and make another Wario Land. We're waiting for it. Like, I don't know where those 2D and 3D platforming games are, but nevertheless, we are getting a fantastic 2D Mario game later this year. The first 2D Mario game in 11 years, which is absolutely wild to think it's been that long. Super Mario Wonder, as it's being called, looks just phenomenal. I was so yeah. hyped when I finally saw this. It was fun listening to you and Zaffer react to it, but it was even better me reacting to it for the first time when I watched on YouTube. I, I can't say enough good things about this game. The art style looks awesome. I like the different character design. It's nice to get a refreshed art style from the 2D new Super Mario Bros. franchise that we've had since the DS. Um, but what about you, Mike? What did you think of Super Mario Wonder? Oh, I was, I was, I was blown away. I'm really excited for it. I think it's going to look very it's gonna play very nicely too it looks so smooth i i i had the exact same thought as you it was like oh nice We've, we're finally getting this kind of update uh of of mario and and basically like the sprites like everything is like looking so much more modern as well i i've noticed mm-hmm. a lot more flat uh icons and just like the the visuals uh, are, are are more modern for sure and yeah it's probably been at least 15 years since we had like a pretty big overhaul in terms of the the, the 2d mario visuals so yeah i i think it looks great love love elephant mario that's gonna be yes. that's gonna be a good meme for a long time uh, mm-hmm. i'll be using that for sure and uh yeah i'm really excited for this to come out 
Yeah, me too. It's gonna be it's gonna be a packed fall. It's gonna be a very packed fall indeed. And there were even parts of that trailer where watching it, I was like, man, it's it's crazy that the Switch. I never said this, but I couldn't believe that it was running on the Switch. Some of the things that were happening in those levels looks really good. I can't imagine what it's gonna run like in handheld mode, but the game looks beautiful. And we did get some other Mario related news here. Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon, which was the 3DS Luigi's Mansion game, is getting remastered and remade for the Nintendo Switch. So that's going to be a fun thing to look forward to, as well as a new Princess Peach game. We saw very little footage of it, but it is in development, and it's, I'm guessing, kind of like a spiritual successor sequel to Super Princess Peach, which is also a DS game. It's funny because most people don't know that exists, and a lot of people are like, wow, Peach is finally getting her own game. Yep. Yeah, but she had fun. <laughs> it's funny because I, I was uh, watching the news the next day, our local Toronto news network, and that was the headline from the direct was Prince New or Super Mario Bros. Princess Peach gets stars in her own video game, and that was that was the only news headline That's that so our funny. parents will see that came out of this direct. And I was just like, yeah, it, this is not the first one, but it's cool. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be a great game. It's probably an, a year out or so, but that was really neat. We also got Tears of the Kingdom amiibo announcement, which is neat. Gonna get a couple. Gonna get Hot Ganon. Uh, Hot Ganondorf, which has been too long. It's only been out for a month, but we're finally getting (laughs) Hot Ganondorf. It's great. It's great. And uh, of course, we did get Hot Wheels Unleashed 2, Neil. Yes. Uh, Well, one of your favorite games of uh, the last couple of years. Yeah, I, I'm so stoked. That was a random thing to throw in here, yeah. honestly. I'm not I'm not going to pick it up on Switch. I'll, I'll say that right no. now for everybody. I'm going to be playing this one on PS4, most likely. Um, but yeah, Hot Wheels Unleashed uh, from 2021 was my game of the year that year, I think. I love it. I love the racing. I love the tracks. I love the speed. I love just the game loop of all of it. Playing online was a bit of a nightmare, but I got the Platinum in it, and yeah. I'm definitely going to go for the Platinum in Hot Wheels Unleashed 2. Oh, I'm so excited for it. It's going to be awesome. Definitely. Like I'm glad it's not just DLC. I'm glad that... They definitely were working on just made all these tracks for Unleashed 1 and figured let's just make a second game because two years between games is unheard of these days. Like that development cycle sounded rushed, but I'm sure that they've been doing nothing but making tracks since the first game came out. Um, Just a couple quick things here. I'll run through real quick. We also got a Splatoon announcement. I don't feel like I need Splatoon news for Splatfest in these directs, but it is what it is. Uh, Penny's Big Breakaway looks like a ton of fun. It's the old Sonic designers uh, making a new 3D platformer. Kind of gave me vibes of like Billy Hatcher, where Mm -hmm. Sega tried new things. Uh, And your favorite uh, kind of off-the-cuff announcement of the day, Mike, and then we'll close out here, is Headbangers, which is a rhythm-based battle royale game with pigeons. I mean, that's all you need to say right there. <laughs> like, those three things. It, it looks yeah. so silly. And just, like, uh, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, if this is going to be on sale at any point, I am picking this up right away. Like, it's uh, – mm-hmm. I I won't pay $50 for Headbangers, but we'll see what the, <laughs> no. we'll see what the price is because um, I'd be down to play it. It looks really – it looks a lot of fun. It looks very interesting. My guess is it'll probably launch for maybe twenty four ninety nine, but sure. you'll get it on sale a bunch for twenty twelve fifty or whatever. So, yeah, that'll be a fun one to play at parties for sure. Maybe at the cottage. Who knows? We'll have to wait and see. But all around a terrific direct. I remember I woke up on Thursday morning and feeling like it was a dream. Like honestly, like <laughs> I don't feel like that we deserved that good of a direct. I was really hot on it. Yeah. And to be honest with you, after Tears of the Kingdom came out, I figured that the Switch was almost done. But this this direct is like, man, we have so many more Switch games to look forward to. Like the Switch. Which is far from over. They kind of, we kind of needed this direct as well because uh, there wasn't really any hype after uh, Tears of the Kingdom. Like Tears of the Kingdom was the last big thing that people were really looking forward to, and we talked about how the Zelda game is often like the kind of the 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 way to cross the over. Song. To the, the, yeah, the Swan Song, exactly mm-hmm. that crosses over to the next console. So it was funny to see Tears of the Kingdom come out. It's like, well, 
Switch is still here, and there's no news of a new one. And I think everyone is kind of predicting we will get a new Switch in some form at uh, holiday 2024, which Mm -hmm. makes sense. I think that timeline definitely lines up, right? But of course, they're not going to announce it or talk about it right now. So they kind of needed to create and generate some hype for for something (laughs) uh, Nintendo-wise. And of course, Mario is their, you know, their big boy. So uh uh, they pushed him hard in this one, and I think it paid off. I think it, it definitely eased yeah. people's fears of uh, what was going to happen after Zelda. Oh, definitely. And the second half of this year is going to be very good for Nintendo. They just had the Mario movie come out, which made like $1.5 billion, yeah. and now they've got all of these Mario games coming out. That Mario Wonder is going to sell like gangbusters this Christmas. It's going to be crazy yeah. to see. I can't wait. It's going to be fun to look at it on this podcast. But as is tradition, Mike, it is the last episode of June, so I think it'd be fun that if we looked back on what happened 20 years ago in June 2023. What do you think? Let's do that, yeah. All right. Starting with games, on June 24th, we had Advance Wars 2 on GBA, and on June 26th, we had Beautiful Joe on GameCube. A bit of a slow month for video games, but two fantastic games that are uh, considered classics uh, in the Nintendo community. Damn, yeah. Didn't do Beautiful Joe 20th anniversary, I'm sorry, but uh, I I like her Capcom 5 episodes. Pretty good. Yeah, go back and listen to that if you have not already. In the movie theaters, we had Too Fast, Too Furious, kind of like getting Fast 10 these days. We also had the Even Stevens movie, Rugrats Go Wild, Hulk, 28 Days Later, and, Mike, you're going to love this one, The Room came out 20 years ago. Unfortunately, I was not uh, a a cinema... a cinephile, a cinephile, yeah, cinephile, cinephile, cinephile. Unfortunately, I was not a cinephile enough to uh, to go to LA and watch the room in person, uh, but uh, uh, have seen it many times since. Hulk, that's the one with um, uh, what's his er- Eric uh, Bana, Eric Bana, yeah. the, the boring one. That one sucks. <laughs> Ang Lee's uh, the yeah. Hulk. Yeah, that's not a good yeah. movie, unfortunately. Yeah, I didn't see any of these movies in theaters. Uh, I'm not even sure if the Even Stevens movie was in theaters, but I did see it on <laughs> Disney Plus and on TV at the time. But I, yeah, I feel bad because The Hulk was one of those movies that my parents, like my my birthday that year was themed around The Hulk. Like they got me a Hulk balloon. I got that movie on VHS and I, I didn't like the movie. I felt really awkward about the whole thing, but yeah. I haven't seen it since I was like nine years old. But uh, music that month, a lot of albums that came out this month that kind of defined the 2000s. We had Radiohead, Hail to the Thief, uh, Fountain of Wayne, the, the album with Stacy's mom on it. Finger Eleven, Finger Eleven released their self-titled album. Beyonce, Dangerously in Love. The Black Eyed Peas released Elefunk. Uh, Train, My Private Nation. And Brand New released Deja Entendu, which has their song Quiet Things That No One Ever Knows, which is a song. I love that song. That's a great track. Oh, that was an NHL 03 or 04, I think. Sounds that's right, yeah. Definitely 04, yeah, because it would have released in 03. Um, yeah, that's kind of mm-hmm. where I associate that song uh yeah solid albums for sure um mm-hmm. uh very very solid uh the uh elefunk was definitely a, uh, yeah. a 2003 like black eyed peas like i remember that album was 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 pretty huge i mean uh it, it had a lot of big tracks on it that black eyed peas were like the biggest thing in music for like three years and and that was mm-hmm. you know that was it but <laughs> yeah yeah they carried into our high school years too like i guess late, yeah. late elementary to early high school black eyed peas were everywhere elefunk that album was massive so crazy that it's been 20 years and in world news some quick fun world news to go through real quick here lots of iraq news obviously in 2003 but i sifted through that on june 3rd sammy sosa of baseball chicago cubs is ejected from a game after he found to have used a corked bat june 4th scientists used genetic engineering techniques 
techniques to make chickens grow teeth. On June 5th, for the first time in more than two months, no deaths were reported yesterday from SARS, the latest indication that the epidemic is subsiding, the World Health Organization said. That pandemic only lasted two months. I just want to highlight that. Yeah. On June 9th, the North American ice hockey team, the New Jersey Devils, win the Stanley Cup, beating the Mighty Ducks 3-0 in Game 7. On June 10th, Pride Month basically started in Ontario when Ontario became the first jurisdiction in North America to recognize same-sex marriages. And on June 19th, the widely syndicated comic strip Garfield celebrated its 25th anniversary. Hmm. 25 years. And so 45 years of Garfield. Wow. Yep. 45 years. That's a lot of Mondays. <laughs> that's a lot of Mondays. <laughs> My God. Uh, yeah, that's cool. That's, um, I do yeah. remember when the Ducks lost in, uh, mm-hmm. in game seven. That was, that was heartbreaking. I wanted to win so bad, but, uh, I mean, I'm sure David Putty was thrilled that the did that the devils won. He was thrilled <laughs> at least. And, and thrilled that SARS was done. When was SARS stock for, for Toronto? Was that in like August, I guess then in like July yeah. or August? I guess so. Just, I can't remember now, but I, I was just so depressed when I read that, like, because we just started reading these things back in April, and mm-hmm. that's, like, when SARS started, and now June, it's like, it was over, <laughs> and we just lived through, like, a two, three-year pandemic. It's it's wild. That's pretty, yeah, that's that's pretty upsetting, but uh, let's let's mm. move on to the episode, Neil. Let's get some positive vibes here. All right, Mike, sounds good. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 18 of the Unlocking What Was Cool podcast, the show about all things retro we love from our childhood. New episode every Thursday on all the major podcast services. We are the number one podcast on the internet, hosted by people named Mike and Neil. You can support the show on Patreon, forward slash Unlocking What Was Cool. Supporters at the $5 level get to submit and vote for our monthly Patreon elected episode. Last week, we talked about Banjo-Kazooie on the N64 with a bunch of our friends. If you haven't already, go back and check it out. This week, we are diving into our Patreon elected episode. Remember, if you support us at the $5 level, you get your name read in the credits and the occasional bonus episode when we feel inspired to make one, and the option to submit and vote for our monthly Patreon elected episode. This month, the winner of the election is GTA Vice City. Other topics that were submitted were Iron Man and the iPod Nano. Thank you to everyone who submitted and voted. The next topic submission will start again next week on Patreon, so if you are a patron, please stay tuned, and uh, you'll be free to submit your topics then. Quick shout out to Cube Dude who uh, who shouted out Grand Theft Auto Vice City, the winner of today's election. So thank you so much for supporting us and uh, the fantastic topic. It's going to be a lot of fun. And GTA Vice City was released on October 29th, 2002, developed by Rockstar North, published by Rockstar Games. It's on PS2, Xbox, Android, iOS, PC, and Mac OS. Rates a 9.5 out of 10. Priced today at around $40 on PS2, a little bit lower, around $20 on Xbox. It's an action-adventure, I guess we can talk about that a little bit later (laughs) sold 17.5 million units and counting it's definitely sold more than that since there was the remaster on uh, current gen hardware and it's of course an open world series that lets you freely roam vice city consisting of the two main islands mike this is definitely a you game you're a big uh, gta vice city fan so uh what are your memories of playing the game and what what brought you into gta vice city sure i mean so I had played GTA a little bit before, like playing GTA 3 and, or it was, oh God, it was GTA 3, like stories. It was like the, 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 not the DLC, but like the expansion basically that you would get for it back in the day. Yep. Um, and so that was like the first one I played. I remember I had a babysitter who had GTA and I was like, whoa, this is cool. <laughs> you can kill people. <laughs> uh, so obviously that's kind of where I started with it. But um, uh, for Vice City... I, when I was in university, so it's actually a really funny story and like how I even have this and why I played it. Um, I was in university and I was uh, kind of like on and off dating uh, this girl. Uh, mm. And 
uh, she went to another university. So I uh, would go there and kind of like hang out with her. But I would usually leave on like Friday morning, take the take the Greyhound mm-hmm. uh, to uh, to Kitchener in uh, in Ontario, and this is like an hour ride. And uh, uh, by the time I would get there, she usually still had class, so I kind of just would hang out at her dorm. Uh, and I realized I needed something to do because I didn't really want to do work or like study. <laughs> you know, you're like you're on your own, so you want to do have, have do funny things. But uh, I just had my my MacBook. And I just went on the app store and I was like, I wonder what games are available. Like, I don't know, like see if there's something here. And GTA Vice City and San Andreas were both on sale for like $5. Oh, wow. And I think they like just came out like a, a year before on uh, Mac OS. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I like GTA. <laughs> Let's buy these games. So I bought them. And I played the hell out of them. I played so much of them. Uh, and I, I, I got to stress this, though. I played them. Uh, almost exclusively on my 13-inch MacBook uh, with just a trackpad and my the the, the, the laptop keyboard, <sighs> and this thing would would uh, just absolutely burn up the laptop. Like it was so <laughs> freaking hot all the time whenever I was playing it. Uh, so hot, in fact, that I actually had to put the laptop <laughs> by her window, basically <laughs> that it was like half outside, <laughs> and I would like kind of like take my chair. And and uh, or her chair, I guess, and put it in like a like like beside the window. So I was just like kind of leaning over, playing it, so that the uh, the laptop would be uh, outside basically and could cool off. Because this was in the fall, closer right. to the winter, when I would be doing this. And that was the only way that my, my laptop could actually run it, or else it would just shut down uh, because it was just too much for it. And she got home like two, three hours ago. You hadn't even noticed. You're still just playing GTA. Oh yeah, I mean honestly, <laughs> like not even joking. There was there was. I remember there was one time where uh, she was like, "Hey, I'm um, we're like working later, whatever, but we're gonna go go out like to dinner. Do you want to come?" And I was like. <laughs> No. Oh no, I'm good. <laughs> She's like, "What?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm just doing work. Gotta go rob a bank." Yeah, I gotta go rob a bank right now because I got so invested, as you do in uh, right. in Vice City, and had so much fun playing it. I just like kind of got used to playing with um with the trackpad and and keyboard, and sometimes I would have the mouse. I, I actually had a a, a a mouse to use, which helps aiming a lot. But um, yeah, that's uh, that's the story of me playing Vice City, and I did the exact same thing with San Andreas uh, a couple months later, and then um, mm-hmm. and then we uh, officially broke up, and that was it. So no more no more GTA after you're that. You're free to well, you're free to play GTA as much as you want. Can we credit GTA Vice City for the reason for ending that relationship? No, I think it, it helped. It helped. It definitely helped sustain the relationship. Oh, so because okay. I, if I didn't have GTA Vice City, I would have gotten really bored. Uh, just hanging out in like. Uh, her dorm so yeah gta Vice okay. city certainly saved a, like a couple months for that relationship interesting well folks if you're listening out there and you're having some trouble with uh with your partner <laughs> or your spouse just maybe one of you pick up gta vice city <laughs> apparently it might prolong your relationship by a few months yeah. and maybe you'll get through it who knows that that's this is the first relationship advice i think we've ever given anybody on this podcast that that's terrific mike thank you so much thank you thank you i think it's very apt i think it's uh yeah I'm, i think i'm like the the book from uh it, it takes two right now Ooh, that's a deep cut I, love that. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that i had the same story of gta but to be honest with you it's not a series that, no I, I mean maybe even something close to it i guess that's very true but even like just playing the game i guess is what yeah. i meant to say when i was a kid i was not 
not into it, mainly because it was not on Nintendo hardware until basically the DS. And I didn't even have that console. I think GTA Chinatown Wars is one of the first, or there might have been a GBA uh, uh, Grand Theft Auto game. I can't remember now. Um, But none of them ever stood out to me. I never liked the look of the 2D ones. The first couple were 2D top-down games. Those definitely never appealed to me. But Mm -hmm. when they, in the 2000s, when they switched over to 3D, I definitely remember people talking about them a lot. They were like the schoolyard talk when we started to hit that junior high age and people started to uh, start to move on from Mario and Pokemon. GTA was the game that a lot of people were talking about playing on their PS2s, but I was still playing my N64 and GameCube, which obviously didn't have GTA, and I was still busy playing Spider-Man 2 and SpongeBob games, but I think we talked about this on our Spider-Man 2 episode way back on the GameCube was cool, but that game for me basically was my GTA. That was my open world experience back in the day of, I was the hero though. I wasn't doing anything wrong, but it was that free roaming ability to do anything and play as Spider-Man, which is all I want to do when I'm playing video games. So you can't play as Spider-Man in GTA as far as I know. Um, (laughs) And then fast forward basically to 2013, I never really thought about GTA at all until GTA 5 came out in, uh, I think it was September of 2013. And I can remember that specifically because all of a sudden it was all over Union Station, which is the massive train station here in Toronto. As I was going to school, there were just signs everywhere for GTA 5. And everybody in my classes was playing it. Everybody at the deli that I worked at was playing it. They were all talking about it. At the time, it was only on, I guess, PC, 360, and PS3. And I was like, okay, you know, cool, GTA 5, whatever. I was playing god of war or whatever i was catching up on old games that i had missed i was playing uncharted and resistance and all these games and still had no interest in playing gta and then you know fast forward another year or two i'm starting to get into listening to podcasts video game podcasts and people are still talking (laughs) about gta 5 and it still shows up on all of the top 10 highest selling games of the month specifically on uh, playstation and then a few years go by and then you know it, it comes out on ps4 and xbox one and month after month, GTA 5 is the top selling game every or in the top 10 best selling games every single month. And eventually, you know, eight, 10 years have gone by and it's still the top selling game each. And I'm like, who, yep. how, like, how is this happening? And I've honestly hardly ever seen gameplay of GTA 5. I don't know how I've made it 10 years and barely seen any. The only I've really ever seen is when we go to the cottage and sometimes you or Brandon are playing it and just screwing around, driving people down. Yeah. And that's all I know about this game. I don't know, like, I, I know what you can do, but I've never seen really what you can do in these games in terms of building up, you know, money and, and buying cars and planes and everything. I get everything you can do, but it's just a series for me that I've never crossed over into. It's almost like Minecraft now where I feel like it's been too long and it's just too late for me to jump in. I feel like I'm a poser or something, but... <laughs> Honestly, that's it. I've kind of just been on the outside looking in on the GTA franchise over the years. And it's a I I can't understate how important it is in video games. The franchise has sold 335 million units, making it the fifth highest selling game franchise of all time behind Mario, Tetris, Pokemon and Call of Duty. So if you like video games, you have to understand how important GTA is. It came out first in 1997. So we were all but four years old. And there's only seven games in the mainline franchise. There's also four handheld games and of course various remasters and collections and i didn't know this but for the most part gta was an annual or semi-annualized franchise from 97 through to 2004 we got basically a new gta game or an expansion every year and then gta 4 was a little bit delayed in 2008 we waited five years for gta 5 and now we've waited over 10 years and gta 6 has been leaked it's teased it will be coming out probably in 
I'll guess maybe 2025, but the wait, that game is going to, I can't, I cannot wait. I, we talked earlier about can't, you know, can't wait to talk about Mario later this year. I cannot wait to talk about GTA six when that comes out. Yeah. And I might actually buy that because I, yeah. I, it, it, cause there, there is a lot of rumors that it's going to be back in vice city. Um, that, that's what, uh, that's, that's the, the, the going rumor for sure mm-hmm. is that, uh, yeah. GTA six will be vice city or at least vice city adjacent. So if it, that does happen, I will, I will definitely hop on it, but yeah, it's, that's, that's, um, it's funny. Like, yeah, with Spider-Man, how that was kind of, yeah, your open world, uh, yeah. uh, thing. Cause I'm like now, like that's trying to make me try to figure out like what was my first open world game. Uh, Simpsons hit and run maybe. Yeah. Simpsons hit and run was probably one of the first ones. That I played that was, but even that wasn't like, like G, like Vice City was just a whole different, uh, whole different enchilada when it came to, <laughs> to being completely, completely, uh, open world and then just being able to do whatever you wanted and, and the atmosphere, the environment, everything like that. But I know that, uh, you have not played GTA games, so I, I do want to try and sell you on this, Neil, and, uh, and use this time to, to teach you why this game is so good. Yeah, I kind of like that format. We talked about this when uh, when the topic came up. We thought it might be kind of more of a cool thing of like a Neil interviews Mike kind of episode. And I think that's that's probably the best way. And I think we'll probably be able to sell me on it. Honestly, I'm I'm very much teetering towards buying it. It's on Switch right now, so it's not hard, Mike, to convince me to buy this game. Honestly, uh, so let's jump right into it. We'll definitely pepper in some uh, fun facts about the GTA series. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you've got lots of funny stories about it. So we've already talked about your um, your introduction to the series, which is interesting. <laughs> I don't think anybody out there will have the same story as you but when you first picked up gta vice city and you played it on your macbook that you almost set your macbook on fire obviously what was the thing that first impressed you about the game when you started it up i think just seeing the just like being being part of that setting i think and you know i really do have to note that so this is in 2011 when i was playing it and so this is a uh nine-year-old game at this point uh right so it's um it and playing it on a MacBook as well, right? Uh, and so, in theory, like you know, graphics have come so far in 2011. Like they're they're nothing like the 2002 graphics were. But that didn't bother me. And honestly, maybe just made the game better for me because as soon as it started up, as soon as I I kind of got part of this environment, I was like, wow, this feels like I'm in Miami. Like I honestly, mm-hmm. every every little piece of that game is so focused on making sure that you're immersed and like you have this immersion about uh about the setting about the environment about everything the characters the voice acting just everything about that game was so impressive and i don't think i really played a game like that before that with that had that kind of immersion like not even spider-man games had that kind of immersion for me like obviously it's cool when you're you know slinging through new york city but i mean ultimate spider-man which is an amazing game and it's like probably my favorite spider-man game you play it uh in 2011 and you're like yeah this is aged you know like this is this like i can't do a lot of things like there's there's uh i can't like just hit people in the street like it's (laughs) it's 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 got the immersion of being in queens and being uh, spider-man but it's it's when you have everything working together like vice city does where you're able to do everything you want to do uh whether it's legal or illegal uh and also feel like you're in the 80s in miami like that was really impressive and completely blew me away. I still remember the feeling that I got when I kind of got into it and be like, wow, this is cool. This is what people are like raving about. Like, this is why people play GTA. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
And you were you were experiencing it more for you like the story and the setting more than what most people play it for now, which is the online. Yeah. Obviously, you didn't play any. I don't think there's any online capability, even with the remake. I don't think they added no. much online stuff. I know with the remake, they did add a few new things, mostly improved graphics and controls. Obviously, uh, there's the uh, the weapon wheel, which was introduced in GTA five. That's now in Vice City, which is cool. Um, the ability to do, you know, little quality of life things like the ability to restart missions if you die. Um, but you didn't play the remaster. You've only played the original, correct? I have only played the original, and I've only okay. heard bad things, honestly, about the remaster. Well, the remaster was made, as far as I can, as far as I've heard, a lot of it was made through AI, yes. which is interesting uh, on its own, honestly. But it, it bombed when it first came out. But I think it's recovered since then. Yeah, I think they actually had to like fix all the glitches manually, which was like everything. <laughs> so <laughs> should have uh, just made the game manually to begin with. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it takes them twelve years to make a, a new yeah, GTA fair. game. <laughs> uh, but yes, I do think it's gotten better since with a lot of patches and stuff. Because um, it was, uh, it got released as a trilogy with GTA three by city and san andreas which arguably are like the the pinnacle of that of the gta series uh so yeah i've only ever played the um the original version and and i'm not sure what kind of version the mac os one is i didn't i didn't uh, dive too deep into how that works and what that's being emulated from i assume it's just the pc version that's just being yeah. put on mac um but i i'm, I'm not 100 percent sure I, I don't know the difference between the PS2, Xbox, and PC version. I'm assuming they're all fairly close. Yeah. Um, I don't think you're missing too much by playing it. And the only thing really that you definitely do not want to miss out on in this game is, we got to talk about it right away, is the music in this game. Oh, and yeah. I was watching I was watching the opening cutscene of the game, and it starts off with like a mob group. They're kind of in a meeting. They're talking about this person who they all hate. And it, you're, you're paying attention to the, the, the what's happening in the story and everything because it's GTA. It's very story-heavy. Lots of dialogue in this game lots of fantastic voice acting and and writing from uh from rockstar which we have to tip our hats to but i I started to pay attention to the music that was playing underneath this cutscene, which was again very dramatic very uh very violent it's a it's a gang they're playing mr mr broken wings under that (laughs) scene and i was like wait a minute like what what is this 80s classic doing in this scene it didn't quite fit the mood but it did at the same time And then you start playing the game and you start going out into the open world and you listen to the radio and it's all 80s classics. And that for me is the standout, I think, in this game alone is or are the radio stations. Yep, the radio stations in this game are unbelievable. This is probably, this is when GTA really reached their peak in terms of how they did the radio stations with Mm. so much humor. There are so many commercials. There's just like so many funny things that are throughout... uh, uh, whenever you're just listening to it, I swear I never heard the same thing twice. Like it's so funny. Um, mm-hmm. I do remember a couple of things. Uh, the donuts ad, uh, which was uh, Bussy Brown's ring donuts is <laughs> on Friday nights. I can't uh, stop eating Bussy Brown's ring donuts. And it has all these people like saying it in very sexual ways. Um, <laughs> we also had movie trailers, fake movie trailers, Night so After cool. Dark. Rated R. Like, oh my God. Do you remember listening to movie trailers on the radio? I haven't thought about that in forever. I know, wow. right? And this was a very big thing in the 80s. Like, I, I got to, yeah. you know, I really do have to give them so much credit for for this immersion of of being in the 80s. Like, the, the ads were right. The the, the clothing uh, was perfect, too. Like, how they dress all the characters. They put a lot of effort into it. But for the radio stations, mm. uh, so, so funny, so funny. Uh, Flash FM. 
music for the me generation. Uh, that was the very, very 80s. So that was Hall & Oates, NXS. Like, uh, Yellow, Michael Jackson. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my personal favorite on that one that I would always uh, try and find was Owner of, the, Owner of a Lonely Heart by Yes. Always oh, tried to have that one on. Great Owner song. Owner of a Lonely Heart. Yep. Uh, emotion, 98.3. More mood swings than your pregnant wife. Uh, <laughs> was, uh, with Fernando Martinez presents. Uh, that was uh, that was a, a really fun one, too. That was mm-hmm. a lot of power ballads, uh, a lot of soft rock, Peter yep. Frampton, Air Supply. Toto, Flock of Seagulls. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Wave 103, that was the generation bearing the weight of the world on its shoulders. And uh, that was very new wave, power right. pop, uh, British, a lot of British bands, goth kind. We get Frankie Goes to Hollywood, Gary Newman, Corey Hart, Tears for Fears. Great, mm-hmm. great one. Yeah, there, there, there's like, I think there's eight or nine different radio stations as well as two talk stations, KChat and VCPR. Yep. Uh, yeah, there's also V-Rock. You mentioned Wave 103, Emotion 98.3, Flash, Wild Style Pirate Radio, which plays all the hip hop, like Run DMC, mm-hmm. Fever 105, which is basically kind of like the same as Flash, and then Radio Espinata. Espen Atoso, I definitely butchered that, which is all Spanish radio. And you can switch between all of these stations anytime you want. And I learned this in uh, in researching for the uh, for the podcast in that they also announce or they advertise in the game uh, telephone numbers. And if you find a payphone or you have a phone in the game, you yep. can actually call those numbers and they work, yep. Yep. which is absolutely insane. What a detail that most games would not even dare to think about, especially not in 2000 and 2002. But you mentioned how you, you never heard the same thing twice, Mike. That's definitely by design. Uh, the game features over 8,000 lines of recorded dialogue, which is four times the amount of GTA 3. There's over 90 minutes of cutscenes. And then talking about music, there's nine hours of music in this game yeah. with over 100 songs and commercials thrown in there. So you definitely have to play this game for a long time before you start hearing any uh, repeated dialogue. But even if you do hear it more than once, it's still funny. Uh, it's still funny. Yeah, like, like some of them I do remember because I heard them more than once but it's still every time like when I, I was listening to the radio I just had the YouTube stations on to to hear the whole thing and one um, I love radio stations in games I absolutely love them uh, Sleeping Dogs has a great great um, uh, set of radio stations that are actually from Hong Kong and uh, are very accurate, according to friend of the show, Brian, who is from Hong Kong. Uh, when we were playing it, he was like, yeah, this is basically like what it would kind of be like with all these different uh, stations. Uh, I absolutely love that about that game. And it doesn't have the the, the hilarity that uh, that GTA does, for sure, mm-hmm. uh, especially with the talk radio uh, stations. Like, so much effort was put into this and so much research, too, to, to, to make it genuine. But it does just add that level of immersion for you. Like, when you're driving around, it's like, yeah. I, I could just... Like most of the time I spent uh, in my girlfriend's dorm was was not doing missions, but but driving around listening to these songs like, yeah, it was so much fun. Well, I was even at work. I was working the other day, like at work in my office job. And uh, I just put on YouTube. There's a GTA Vice City radio playlist sort of thing. And it'll just it'll just cycle through a lot of the songs from the different stations, and it occasionally peppers in those little lines of dialogue that you mentioned before. Yeah. And it is really cool to listen to, like I said, like Talk Talk, Mister Mister, like Twisted Sisters in there at times, Michael Jackson. It's such a good playlist, just yep. on its own. Like you could put this on, and it would still fit on like a Boom ninety seven three, a Toronto station here that plays seventies, eighties, and nineties music. Like it, it all that all fits in with with GTA and with open world games, especially ones that are set in different cities or different different countries or different eras it's really important that you nail how people interact with media 
Yep. And because yep. we all do it, like ever since the what the 40s or like 30s when people were discovering radio and then into the 50s with TV and now with the Internet and podcasts and TikTok and cell phones, like you have to nail that. And uh, like I can't think of many games that do it in a very good way. The, the one in recent memory that I can think of, again, I don't play a lot of open world games, but going back again to Spider-Man and the 2018 Spider-Man game on PS4 was pretty good at it honestly yeah. with uh incorporating the, the phone and uh giving jay jonah jameson not a newspaper but he was kind of like a, a defunct host. journalist podcast host yeah. which was really cool i did like that and it was it was fun listening to him you know occasionally you'd tune in and hear him talking about like it was all conspiracy theories about spider-man but that is really what it's like to live in the world now like yeah it's, it's all just people talking like what we're doing right now it's all people <laughs> just voicing their opinions on the internet and most people don't listen to music the same way that they did in uh, in the 80s in Vice City, obviously. So it's a really cool thing that they uh, that they threw in. And if you're not a GTA fan, if you're like me and you haven't played these games, I highly recommend that you check out just the radio station alone because that's worth the ticket of admission. Absolutely. 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 But uh, I got to ask, Mike, there's a lot of characters in the GTA franchise. Are there any is there one specific character or characters in Vice City that stood out to you? Yeah, I, I mean, Lance Vance is definitely the the the, the darling of uh, mm. of the criminal underworld. He's uh, he's one of my favorites. Uh, but I think my actual favorite, if I were to 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 put a pin in it, would be um, the the Texan real estate agent or real estate tycoon. Uh, I don't know what his name is off the top of my head, but uh, it's voiced by he's voiced by Burt Reynolds. Oh, who, cool! Who just absolutely kills it in this role. Uh, he's such a um, uh, he's such a sleazeball, but he like is very smooth talking. From oh, God, got that nice Texan accent, and um, it's uh, he's it's such a funny character. Uh, so many good. I mean, all the characters are are so well done because they're just amplified versions right. of like what the, these characters probably should be. But it works for '80s Miami. Like like the the plot and the whole setting is kind of supposed to be Scarface as well, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it it works in that sense where everything is larger than life and. Uh, and Burt Reynolds' character certainly is, and Lance Vance just—he's kind of just like the the guy who is your your buddy. You've you kind of taken him under your wing, I guess, in a way. Uh, and um, okay. and he's he he's like your he's like your best friend, and then you turn more evil, so he has to try and try and betray you and 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 take you down. But uh, it's mm-hmm. so many great characters. I do have to give a shout out to the voice actors because. They are absolutely amazing, amazing in this game, and really big names too, Neil. Yeah, the cast is fantastic. They picked out a really good, uh, good names here. Gary Busey is in there, like mm-hmm. you said before. Burt Reynolds is in here, uh, and uh, Danny Dyer and Ray Le- Ray Liotta. I think is how you say his last name. Yeah, um, yeah, a lot of great actors here, and like you said before, uh, a lot of them are just kind of playing amped up uh, stereotypes. And that's something that GTA has become pretty well known for in the last 25 years. And it's going to be interesting to see. I'm assuming that they're just going to lean into it even more in GTA 6. Um, yeah. But these days, uh, playing into stereotypes, comedy doesn't hit <laughs> quite the same with certain certain people like it used to. So I can't wait to see how they handle it uh, in, uh, in GTA 6. We'll have to wait and see. But the, the main character in the game who I think popped up again in later GTA games is Tommy Versetti. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like, that's the character you play as in the game, right? Yeah. That's your player character voiced by Ray Liotta, uh, right. which is, which is awesome, which, which makes it so much more, um, gives it so much more credence, right? Like that, that's mm-hmm. being voiced by a guy who has played so many mobsters and stuff in, uh, in, in, uh, movies before. And so I think that was a, a big boon. Like if you, if you just had some random voicing him, I don't think it would have had the same, uh, impact and, and same weight, 
uh, for the story, but you know it's Ray Liotta instantly, and you're just like, yes, like this is this is basically like a movie. This is I'm basically playing, and that's yeah. what it really felt like for me. It felt like I was playing a movie, like playing Scarface as a game. <laughs> yeah, and Scarface is a game as well, which is funny. That's yeah, um, true. I know <laughs> they eventually made. I think that's on Wii that game came a couple years later, but that is funny. And you do take that character out, and you go on several missions in the game. It's of course an open world, so there's a lot of side missions. There's the main story. Are there any specific missions or levels in the game that stood out to you as uh, like I? iconic must play or you'd love to play again levels yeah definitely uh well there's there's good ones and there's iconic in the bad way too oh good okay (laughs) um the the, all the first missions like the first couple missions are all really fun uh you start off with a helicopter mission which is awesome there's a yacht party um one that's uh, a lot of fun when you're on the boats um there's the, I remember the chefs, you have to kill all these chefs, basically. Hmm. Uh, it's funny, because they always like say intimidate, but basically intimidate means that you're killing people. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, and I, the biggest one that I remember was infiltrating the, the mob boss who kind of double crosses you. Uh, you infiltrate his mansion, which is based on the Scarface mansion. Uh, and it's uh, it's quite the fight, and it takes a while to get through, but it's it's really cool. It's a bit of a labyrinth in that way, and like there's a lot of people uh, shooting at you, and uh, you just have to be like super uh, on the on the gun for it. And luckily, I had my mouse and keyboard, which made shooting <laughs> and aiming much easier. So yeah. I can't imagine uh, how hard it would have been with um, with the controller. This this game actually plays quite well PC, uh, but yeah, that's that's really what I remember. I think that's my number one would definitely be when you infiltrate the boss's mansion, which is actually quite early in the game. It's maybe halfway through the game that you you get his mansion and you feel like you've won, basically. Sweet. And you mentioned that there are some levels in the game that are, you said, either not fun or yeah. are they, uh, like, well, what's one that stands out to you? Was it not fun because it's frustrating or because it doesn't work or because it's just not good? It's There's the demolition uh, mission. So it's like, I can't even remember the exact details of it, but basically you have like a remote control helicopter that you're trying to pilot and you're trying to uh, drop charges like like onto these uh, oil uh, uh, barrels of oil and okay. blow things up. And it just basically it just it's like trying to control the helicopter night fire. Mm. Right. And so imagine doing that as a long mission where you can't mm. mess up. It's very frustrating. I have heard that a lot, like that the earlier GTA, probably up until GTA 4, uh, the controls uh, haven't aged particularly well. This is still in that era of open world 3D games where developers were still trying to figure out what works. And we've talked a lot about driving in games doesn't work very well, specifically recently with Tony Hawk Underground. Uh, driving levels in that game are a bit rough to go through and the shooting mechanics in uh, in certain games like uh, Freedom Fighters for me, the shooting in that one didn't quite work very well. So mm-hmm. I think that they have improved that in the remaster. Maybe if you play that game, the controls for those levels might be a little bit better. Um, I'm glad that you weren't playing it all on a trackpad though, on your laptop. At least you had a, contr- <laughs> yeah. or a mouse and keyboard to upgrade to with that, which is which is great. <laughs> the, the levels in GTA games are typically met with quite a bit of controversy actually. The games mm-hmm. are not... PG, let's put it like that. Obviously, you're dealing with drugs and hookers and murder and everything. So uh, what's funny about GTA is that no matter what happens, there always seems to be a journalist or a news media outlet that goes after them and uh, and and sues them um, for for certain reasons. I know in GTA Vice City, there was an issue with one of the levels where you start a gang war between... Is it between a Cuban gang and a Haitian gang or something like that? There, there was something along those lines in this game. Oh, where you God. start a you start a gang war between two factions, and that did not go over well. 
but this happens with every GTA game. The series, I was looking this up, it's crazy. The series has over <laughs> 4,000 articles published about it, which are all about, they're all accu- accusations towards glamorti- glamorizing violence mm. and, uh, of course, corrupting gamers. You know, everybody knows gamers are all corrupt and we all kill each other yep. because we play games uh, and uh, connecting it with real life crimes. And actually, it's funny, GTA in 2009, they were uh, they won the Guinness World Record for the most controversial video game series of all time award. <laughs> Not sure that was a or didn't realize that was an award, but sure. Well, it's the GTA, it's the Guinness World Book of Records gamers edition, but I'm sure that they wear that with pride, honestly. Yeah. Like uh, we we obviously we know games. Yes, they do have violence in them, but that does not necessarily make you a violent person. Um I I just think it's funny that when these games come out, there's always someone who, you know, you know you can kill a hooker in these games. It's like, yeah, what's your what's your point? I don't know. You can kill other people too. You can, you can kill <laughs> you can kill just random bystanders. That's right. You can if you want to. Yeah. And that's uh that's so what I do. And actually this game has a because I think most GTA games have five star rating, but this game actually has a six star rating. I just uh, just thought of that right now. What does that mean? The five star, six star rating? Oh, so that's when you are getting chased by the cops, uh, and oh. your your cop meter basically, your like wanted meter is going up. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, if you kill a cop, you automatically get two stars. If you kill someone and no one sees you, it's usually just one, and you can evade that pretty fast. So it's legal uh, if no one finds you. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> three is when um, three is when they start to kind of amp up their game and really try and look for you. Four mm-hmm. is when you, the SWAT team, I believe, comes out, uh, and I think a helicopter also comes out at four, maybe even three. <laughs> uh, five is when the tanks come in. Because uh, I used to wait for the tanks to come in, kill someone, and then go in the tank and then cause havoc that way. Mm. Uh, and I don't remember what six is then for Vice City. I don't know what six would even be because uh, I, I guess just more aerial strikes. Like you, you have like planes they start just nuking in. the city. Yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, but I do remember always like waiting for the tanks. And when I finished the game, I actually did go through and and like kind of found cheats and everything. So I just got like unlimited tanks all the time. Uh, just running around. So, I, I mean, that's something I love to do. I, I love to to just fool around and, and sandbox mode it. That was something I wanted to ask you is, do you play mm. these games being the good guy or do you tre- tend to go towards more the dark side and be more the villain? Mm. So I'm guessing by that description, you typically uh, break more laws than you do follow them. Well, I'm not sure. Like, like you basically have to break most laws. Like, you can't really play this game as a good guy. It's, well, that's... you say that, but then, like, I've seen gameplay of GTA V where people, like, <laughs> follow the traffic laws. That's yeah, the you... Boburnum line. You follow the traffic laws in Grand Theft Auto V. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's, quite, um, it's quite hard. It's, it's actually much harder to follow the traffic laws. Than than to not follow them. So I'll give I'll give a mm-hmm. lot of credit to people who don't commit crimes in in GTA because that's got to be pretty hard. But I mean, yeah. one thing I like about GTA, especially for Vice City, is that it kind of shows it kind of punishes you a lot throughout the game, uh, and you kind of have to learn that it's like okay, I can't just kill people in the street and take their money. Like I need to find a better way to make money, uh, and and. Uh, you kind of have to go legit sometimes. Uh, I mean, selling cars. Uh, sometimes you can you can hijack a taxi and then actually pick up fares, which is funny. Uh, there, <laughs> like, there's so many little things that you can do. Like, even when you start the game, it doesn't really give you anything. It obviously gives you that tutorial level, which is when with the helicopter, uh, not the bad one, but when you're actually in a real helicopter shooting stuff. Uh, but you uh, you don't really get money or you don't really have anything to start off with, so you're kind of forced to figure out how to make money uh, very early on, which I really like. And then you learn quickly that, yeah, you get punished if you just are killing people all the time because you lose money when you uh, when you get uh, arrested as well, right? So 
it's um it's it's one thing about this game that I, I enjoy and and one thing that I I kind of forgot about until I was watching footage of these uh, of my city again was how that like I mentioned how the, we get the big mansion about halfway through so there's a whole other part to the story after you've basically beaten the game or at least it feels like you've beaten the game uh, because then we kind of go into the Scarface arc where it's like I have all this power I have all this money everyone's coming after me I have to protect it and you kind of you know uh, you shut yourself off from more and more of your friends, more and more of these characters, and you uh, Lance eventually betrays you as well. Uh, and it's not like really like a, like oh he's evil. It's like more he's just like no he's just doing that because you've turned into like this gigantic dick right. and are like like killing everybody uh, in your way. So it it, it makes for a really interesting storyline, especially when you have everything because normally in games like open world games it's like. I'm trying to just get to the end, which is I have everything. Now I can go sandbox mode, right? Like right. that's kind of the, the way to do it. But in Vice City, you get that very early. And so you're kind of, you kind of have to grapple with this, um, uh, this course of action of what to do. It's like, well, I actually have every, like I have so much stuff. I can't afford to lose it. And so right. you kind of have the same reactions as, as Tommy, uh, as well as Ray Liotta's character, uh, does too so it it's one of the few games I've ever played that uh, kind of makes you question everything you're like oh yeah I guess like this is what happens when you have power and you're trying to hold <laughs> on to it and you kind of just go down to this hole and uh, and you end up losing everything so I, I I really enjoy Vice City for that that sounds incredible because like it, it sounds like one of those movies or like Breaking Bad TV shows where someone gets a lot yep. of power through illegal means and then you know, you start to have to, people change around you, your relationships with people change when yep. you have more money. And, and obviously this game takes that to the nth degree where you can get incredible cars and guns and bazookas and all these women and, and you know, go on helicopter rides. And I think you can, can you drive planes in this game too? Or is that more of a later GTA That's San thing? Andreas, I think. Yeah. Okay. I don't, I don't think there's planes in this one, unfortunately. Okay. But you, I, I did like what you said there about how you have to figure out how to make money in, in the game. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that that's so cool how they don't necessarily give you the job that makes you money. Like a lot of these we talked about earlier, like these farming simulator games where all of your money is made basically by farming yeah. or by crafting things. In GTA, I've seen GTA 5 footage where, or GTA 5 Let's Plays where uh, online at least, it seems like people have almost created this entire city based on all the jobs that are available in the game. And some people yeah. make it their life to just be a taxi driver in the game or some people like they own a mechanic or they own a chop shop and they they sell car parts to people for gta money yeah and whatnot on which is so i remember when i heard of that that was like one of those like touchstones that i had with gta 5 later on on a podcast like i was i had no idea what was going on in this game and it's like people actually log into the game to play just to fix other people's cars or to drive people somewhere or yeah whatever it is that you want to do it's so cool how how it. it it all kind of started from from this game. Now, did you have what what was your job? How did you make money in the game? I think I just ended up killing people. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, an option too. That's an option. Yeah, I don't really remember to be honest. I remember doing taxi stuff, uh, but I I remember San Andreas more than I do this one in terms of uh, of that part of the gameplay. This one like. The gameplay itself, the missions, I was looking back on them and a lot of people were complaining about missions. And I was like, I don't know, I just got through them. Like it was whatever. Uh, yeah. So I didn't have massive memories of a lot of the, a lot of the missions beforehand. Uh, I, for me, the memories I have of Vice City are, are the setting, the characters, uh, the music, uh, like the graphics, like everything, uh, everything visual and like uh, audio as well is what I remember of that game rather than the 
uh, all the missions that you're doing uh, because they are like that is you know I'll, I'll I'll come to my cons now about the game okay because um, I'd say the cons of of Vice City and arguably any GTA game is that there's a lot of repetition uh, for these uh, uh, these missions especially in that second half of the game once you have the mansion the missions that you're doing are basically the same thing over and over again, which is like intimidating people, getting their money. You know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, there's a rival, um, the, like a rival gang uh, with all these mobsters. Go now, do a driving mission where you shoot them off the road. Like there's there's a, a lot of the same thing that kind of gets brought up over and over again. And obviously the story and the characterization is so good, but what Rockstar was lacking back then is just the means to. Uh, create these uh, like really intricate gameplay that that varies mm-hmm. and changes over time, uh, where it does get a little boring. Those missions get a little boring after like you know the first five or six. That's something that Rockstar has actually fixed. I think uh, when I think about uh, their other games like Red Dead Redemption Two, uh, that's a perfect example of having a great story and having very varied missions with mm-hmm. it. Uh, Interesting. They they definitely learn from their not mistakes because it's not like a bad thing. This is what all games were doing at this time. But sure. most most developers have not learned, right? Like think of all the even Spider Man. <laughs> like man, like like Spider Man, great game for 2018, like amazing game. But there's a lot of repetition with those side missions. Like my god, like oh, yeah. you're doing the same thing over and over again. Well, that, that that's the thing is like with the GTA and, and any open world game for the most part, we talk about like in tw- in the 2010s and now certainly the 2020s, every game has an open world element to it. It feels like so yeah. when you when you pick up a new game, a lot of the times now you're you're looking at sometimes upwards of a 50 hour commitment. And yeah. video games by nature are repetitive. Like Tetris is incredibly repetitive. Mario Kart is repetitive. The question isn't so much is the game repetitive because it's probably going to be unless you're dealing with uh an anomaly like gta or like uh um uh red dead redemption 2 it's not so much is the game repetitive is is it do you like that gameplay loop enough to sit with it for 50 hours like i will i will gladly play a repetitive spider-man game for 20 to 30 (laughs) hours because i love that gameplay loop but i'll gladly play tony hawk pro skater over and over again because i love the gameplay and i'll definitely do it over and over again so if you don't enjoy what you're doing in the game then no you're definitely not going to enjoy playing gta for 100 hours in the open world mode i know you can play the story a little bit quicker than that which is cool you can play this game for as little or as long as you want and that's something that we talked a lot about in the gamecube was cool podcast is that gta kind of became the killer of a lot of the older games that we love like the snowboarding games and the bmx games and the driving games and the skateboarding games was there enough things to do in vice city outside of the main missions like did you find yourself could you play like a round of golf or surf that's what I remember doing the golf. Yeah, <laughs> I played a lot of golf. You you also always whenever you went in a um, whenever you went in a golf cart, you got a golf club, and so I would use that a lot to oh, whack people cool. uh, oh. with it. Uh, so <laughs> you're like, oh, Sweet. that that, that took a different turn. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you're gonna go like play golf on the streets or something. You can play golf anywhere. That'd be cool. You can play golf anywhere. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. So uh, golf for sure. It didn't have as many mini games or like, like necessarily you could call them. Um, okay. Uh, that at least at least that I remember I was looking at some of the stuff because uh, I think again San Andreas is what I remember doing more mini games and, and stuff like that uh, the driving was 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 what, what you were really focused on I think more than anything in Vice City okay. uh, they you know again they only had a year basically 18 months development time on this thing which is insane Mm -hmm. for one like just unbelievable that this thing was done in 18 months i know um uh, but yeah it's it's 
I'd say, yeah, golfing um, and other things that I just honestly don't remember right now. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> golfing with people's faces. That's what you're doing in GTA right. Vice City. <laughs> yeah, they, they did report that they started development on GTA Vice City right after GTA 3, basically. So they definitely yeah. just kept kept going. And I'm sure GTA 6 was probably pretty similar. I know GTA 5, they put out a lot of online content, but I'm sure that they've been developing GTA 6 for a long time. But before we talk more about the future of the GTA series, I do have just a couple more questions for you, Mike. And that is something that we I touched on there at the beginning of the of the episode, and that is that GTA Vice City is considered an action adventure game. Now, I don't think action adventure when I think GTA. Uh, Would you agree with that, or would you? I, I don't know what else to call it other than just maybe an open world action adventure game. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess open world action adventure would be like the... Shooter, driving, it, it's got a lot of genres in it. It's hard to... I don't like it how these games are always seems to be boiled down to an action adventure game. Yeah, um... Well, see, it's hard to say, right? Because, like, action... Well, for one, action adventure is, like, the most generic term on Earth. Yeah, it's like saying right? alternative rock. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it's just... It's like, what does that mean? It just means that you're running places and doing things. That's right. really what it means. Um, so, I mean, yes, like, like it technically is an action-adventure game in the same way that Zelda is an action-adventure game. Sure. Like, I don't really think of Zelda as an action-adventure game. I think of Zelda as a Zelda game. Just like I think of GTA as a GTA game. Right. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I think for those kind of games, they're so big and so varied in their gameplay that you it's it's really doing them a disservice to put to, to put them in a like give them a label like action adventure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't love the label for it. I think GTA is almost its own genre in itself. Like it, it, yeah, it, kind, exactly. of, it kind of has its own market and it's largely un uncompeted against these days like i know that you've mentioned other games that you love to play like sleeping dogs and of course there's red dead redemption but there's really hardly anything anywhere close to a gta game it kind of is the gold standard of open world do anything you want in this city be a bad guy be a good guy make lots of money kill people uh pay people whatever you want to do it's really cool the limitless nature of the game i love it and We've seen GTA go to different cities. We've seen it in different eras. I know, as we said at the beginning of the episode, it seems like that they're going back to the Vice City um, setting in uh, GTA 6. Is there any uh, era or city that you would like to see uh, GTA go to? Other than like things that they've already other, gone to? Uh, yeah, other than things that they've already gone to. Is there something you could think of that would be cool to see? I mean, I, I want to see... I mean, I'd love to see Toronto because sure. be really, really <laughs> cool. Yeah, uh, seeing uh, true crime do um, New York and L.A. already, and then Hong Kong was really, really awesome. Uh, see, GTA has a big advantage over the true crime series, which is dead now. But like, they had a big advantage because they didn't have to worry about getting the 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 cities pixel perfect. They could just make it be an homage to mm. a city or a region, and that is what actually helped it a lot. Uh, that way, they didn't have to you know, work on making sure that, oh, this bridge is here or this building is accurate, right? It just was like getting right. the, the vibe of, of Miami, which honestly, they probably did Vice City better than any like uh, dev who's ever cr- tried to create Miami. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it, 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 the 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 feeling of it was, was so perfect. But yeah, I think, well, I'd love to have one in Europe. That would be really cool uh, because they've never, as far as I know, they've never done a European uh, kind of uh, setting. I think that's so. where the isn't that where the Watchdogs games are set? Aren't they in London? I know it's not a GTA game, but yeah. that's kind of. Uh, I, I, I'm trying I to think, think of, so, yeah. um, but I mean, I haven't played them, so it doesn't count. <laughs> so. I think San Francisco is Watchdogs too. Maybe the first one was London. I don't know. I've never played them either. Well, yeah, like London, because I love play, I love driving on the left in Hong Kong for uh, Sleeping oh, Dogs. Yeah, so I, I I would love to do. 
uh, London, um, maybe Paris, maybe um, maybe Italy, like 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 Sicily, kind of do like a, a mafia crime kind of thing uh, going on there. That would be really really cool. Um, yeah, I think somewhere in Europe cool. would be my answer. And do you have an era? Like, would you like a certain year? Um, like in Europe, maybe like in the. F- 30s right before world yeah, war yeah, ii yeah yeah that would actually kind of be cool with because i yeah. i played um the godfather which is uh a great game that's not is it rockstar that is rockstar it is rockstar yeah, yeah. and they did a great like that's a great game it's really fun um actually punishes you a lot but uh that one is so fun because it's all in the 40s and it's got like old 40s cars that you drive around and uh, and I love that I love the design of it uh, and everything. Uh, Rockstar always does an amazing job with their settings, so I think wherever they pick next will be amazing. I should correct myself. That's not Rockstar. It's EA. Uh, oh, EA never did. mind. Surprisingly, okay. EA did Godfather. I can't remember. I thought they did do something. I know they did that table tennis game on Wii, and they, <gasps> well, they did, did Bully. Bully. That was the other one. Bully, yeah. and then Red Dead and GTA, and that's okay. mostly every all the notable things that they do. Okay, well, so then, yes, I want to see the rock. I want to see Rockstar doing the 40s or like 30s, yeah. like with those cars and stuff. That'd be really cool. That'd be very cool. We'll have to wait and see. It'll probably be in the 2030s that we see another GTA game after they release GTA 6. But Mike, that's all the questions that I have here for you for GTA Vice City. Is there anything else that you'd like to say about this fantastic game before we move on to our closing thoughts? I think this is a, a must-play game. Honestly, just for the setting, the radio, the atmosphere of it, I think you'll find, I think anyone playing this game for the first time will find it's a little old school. It's, uh, it certainly borrows elements from a lot of games from the nineties. Like I, I playing like even playing like nice old, old Republic, for example, I was like, oh yeah, this is kind of like, it's, it's boring that old school gaming, uh, that existed for a long time before that we started kind of finally, finally using 3d properly basically mm-hmm. <laughs> um and so i think some of the gameplay might be tough to to get into for for especially for newer gamers who haven't played as many of those games if you have uh, it'll be it'll be okay but it'll still be kind of stiff um but it's 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 worth it just to experience uh, the story the voice acting like everything it's so much fun it's so funny i can't i can't stress this enough this is like one of the funniest games i've ever played the dialogue is hilarious the characterizations are, are so silly and stupid everything is so over the top but it somehow is still really grounded and and the story actually and like the the setting uh or like everything that you're doing is actually quite grounded and makes sense even though it's like completely wild and you're like why am i chasing these like or why is like why are 20 chefs chasing me right now it's like (laughs) actually this this really makes sense i get this this is totally fine everything's fine um so i think just for that feeling alone that you get when you play this game i would highly recommend it yeah, it's got like a level of camp to it. It's not it like does. it's not cheesy comedy. It's campy. Like it, it it's, it's re- making fun of itself as exactly. well. Exactly. It's self-deprecating and camp. And it's not cheesy, it's not corny or anything. It, it's it's well done and it's quality. And that that's what that's what Rockstar does. And honestly, like you you've definitely sold me on the game. Even before this episode, I was already <laughs> on the fence and listening to you talk about it. I love the stories. I love the fact that it's so accessible these days on all of these consoles. It sounds like that the controls and the graphics are a little bit easier to look at. And it's on Switch. Switch, so I can take it with me everywhere. I can play it when I'm commuting or when I'm just on the couch hanging out. So there's no reason not to play it these days, other than perhaps maybe the price that that remaster. It's eighty dollars on a regular day, marked down to forty Jeez. right now. I think yeah, it's it's still regularly priced at seventy nine ninety nine. 
Right now, I think there's a sale where it's $40 on Switch. So honestly, it sounds like it might be cheaper to just buy a PS2 and then buy it there, <laughs> which is crazy to think. But no, I think I'll definitely wait for a sale. And, and mm-hmm. I, I need to start picking up all the old Rockstar games and the new ones too, honestly. I feel like th- it's just a huge missing piece from my gaming knowledge. And like, I've never played a, a GTA game. I've never played, I've only played a little bit of RDR2. Didn't get very far into it. I definitely need to go back to it. It's just the time investment too that you need yep, to put a lot of hours into thing. this game. And and we're not students anymore. Like you know when you played these game when you played this game especially back in 2011 on your laptop we were in school and you know didn't have a job. I had unlimited or, time. You had unlimited time. <laughs> you had hours to kill waiting yeah. for your girlfriend to come home so you could ignore her and then yep. keep playing GTA. So a different time for sure. But I'm sure one day I'll find a couple of weeks that I can dive mm. into Vice City. But uh, until then, Mike, I think it's time that we hit the back of the case for gta vice city what do you think oh let's do it i've i've never seen the back of the case i just bought it on the <laughs> app store so it's sweet sounds good but first victor hit us with that sweet jingle it's time to read what's on the back of the case there's things written on the back of the case let's read them and now we're reading the back of the case Rockstar Games presents a Rockstar North game. That's interesting. Welcome to the 1980s. Welcome to Vice City. A huge urban sprawl stretching from the beach to the swamps and the, and the glitz to the ghetto. A town brimming with delights and degradation. Grand Theft City, Grand Theft Auto, Vice City. Having just made it back into the streets of Liberty City after a long stretch inside, Tommy Versetti is sent to Vice City by his old boss, Sonny Ferrelli. So Italian, I love it. But all... But all does not go smoothly upon his arrival in the glamorous, hedonistic metropolis of Vice City. Tommy is set up and loses everything. Sonny wants his money back. But the biker gangs, Cuban gangsters, and corrupt politicians stand in his way. Most of Vice City seems to want Tommy dead. His only answer is to fight back and take over the city himself. Yeah, that's a cool, uh, a cool summary. Um, like we've already talked about, a lot of the game is side missions and just kind of messing around. The game doesn't even, or the back of the case doesn't even highlight. Like this game gives you freedom. I feel like if this was any other publisher, they would like have to highlight that on the it's back. Like, you, you know, you already know, <laughs> you, you, you know what you're getting. But it's like um, what we talked about last week with Banjo Kazooie, how like they had to uh, advertise how many collectibles were in that game. Fast forward five years that this game just kind of treats it like it's a movie and they they give you the summary of that movie and then do you want it yes or no <laughs> yeah yeah no literally it's like do you and it's it's funny because you can basically just play the story uh because that that's that's really how you make money more than anything right, right. so you complete missions you get money um and uh if you want to do it that way you can but that's not fun like the game the game really pushes you to not do the story a lot hmm. and that's one thing i really like about it it's very different than other games uh it just is constantly giving you options uh of like visual uh, uh cues basically to be like hey you should maybe go over there and check that out right. hey you should maybe go in that club and just like like uh, and see what it, uh, like see if you want to talk to anyone like it's it's vice city uh when you play it now it's probably someone would be like yeah whatever like that's what all games do but like back then like that's not how games worked like right. games were like this is where the story is this is where you're going mm-hmm. all right like this is what you're doing but like now of course i think of like something like witcher you know you you walk 10 steps and you see like something's on fire you're like well i gotta go check this out let's go in this bar 
30 hours later, I've done this side mission. Like that's kind of what Vice right. City is in a way, not 30 hours for a side mission, but uh, you kind of forget what your actual main missions are. And the mm-hmm. game intentionally does that. That's when I feel like how I've been playing Tears of the Kingdom recently. You too. Yeah. Like we hardly touch the main story and I'm just, I'm 30, 35 hours into it. I'm just getting into my first temple now. And some games do that. And a lot of people don't like it. Like we, we have, we did go back to that very linear gameplay style in, in the 2010s. And I, I am totally down for games like that all the time. Like I, I love playing a game that tells me what to do, that holds my hand, that gives me an arrow tells me where to go sometimes mm-hmm. it's nice to get that that game that doesn't necessarily want you to play the main story yeah um it's fun to go i don't necessarily need all of one or all of the other it's great to have the diversity of it and i'm glad yeah. that gta kind of set the standard for it or not kind of they did, they did set yeah. the standard for the open world model that everyone is somewhat copying today um yeah. mike some people did not like vice city though when it first came out of course we have to go back and review that review from back in the day it's time to review that review. I have here a review from Steve S. on Metacritic on Valentine's Day in 2003. So obviously Steve was having a bad year. Uh, <laughs> Steve gave GTA 5. Steve gave GTA Vice City a 5. And Steve says, distinctly average game. Played GTA 3 and got bored very quickly. Run here, kill this, run back, save game, drive here, kill them, drive back, same game. Zzz. Best bit, spawn a tank cheat. Then hey, kill that's, everyone. That's, that's the one, yeah. Mucho fun. Yeah, exactly. Nice graphics, but they should have upped the pace of the gameplay. I-M-H-O. I don't in even my, remember. In, what What does that stand in my, for? In my humble opinion. Oh, I forgot that one. Jeez, I don't. I haven't used that one in, in, a, in a while. <laughs> <laughs> that is, uh, that's, that's, um, what's really funny is that I actually would have respected this a lot more if they gave it like a one or a two. Like, just, like, a really bad review. Just saying, like, oh, I hated it. It wasn't good at all. Like, because this is a game that is not average. Like, this is, like, the opposite of an average game. Right. I could see if I could see someone who, if they really didn't like this kind of gameplay, if they didn't have any interest in the 80s or Miami or anything like that, like, these uh, famous actors doing these voices, <laughs> if, if you're just not into that, which I don't know why you wouldn't be, but if you're just not, like, whatever, that's fine, and you can just say that. Um, but if you are, this game is going to be at least, like, an 8 or a 9, just right. based on, on, on how crazy it is and, and how different it is but saying that this is an average game in 2003 what are you smoking yeah i mean i guess they're smoking something that they picked up in gta vice city um <laughs> but <laughs> this was a good example of just what i said earlier about how with really long games you have to like the gameplay loop and you have to like what the game is otherwise you're not going to like it and and they mentioned that right here like they say run here kill this run back save game that is the gameplay loop so if you're not into it then no you're not going to like it that doesn't make it average. That just means you don't like it. It's obviously a very incredible game. And if you don't understand how games are made, how games are developed, what's necessarily never been done before and what's incredibly hard to emulate, then you you can't appreciate it. But I did appreciate I mean, there are ones and twos in the Metacritic for this game, which is ridiculous. But those reviews aren't quite as easy to read. Some people definitely out there need to work on their grammar. <laughs> but uh, I was already thinking about saving. Uh, sorry mm. to interrupt, but just just like that, just kind of had a light bulb moment. I kind of forgot that I had to go back to the mansion every single time and save. True. I, I, that's what I had to do. I, and like now I'm, I'm like vi- vividly remembering looking for the fastest car because I got like hit out of mine or I like did a job somewhere. So I don't have a car now. So I have to go like look for the Lambos and then and then kill who kill whoever's whoever's in the Lambo and then take that. I have the cops on me, so then I have to like have the evade the cops 
and like 10 minutes later I'm finally back at my mansion and I can save. Um, that is something that would be awesome to not have in the uh, definitive edition. You can only save at one part in GTA Vice City. Uh, you have other safe houses, but, um, the mansion was like the easiest to get to. Uh, at least that's what I did because I think all my stuff is there too. So mm. if I want more guns and stuff, you know, Neil, I think, I think I'm trying to figure out a best way to say this before we, uh, before we say our parting words here. And I think it, the best thing I can say is the wheel is to people as autosave is to video games. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I agree. Okay, very good. Well, Mike, we've already <laughs> talked about do we recommend this game? It sounds like it's a yes, and we've talked about what we'd like to see in the future with GTA going forward. So with that, why don't you let the listeners know what they can expect next week on episode 19 of the Unlocking What Was Cool podcast. On episode 19, we are not talking about another GTA game. We're not doing San Andreas, although I will like to do the same kind of format for San Andreas uh, at one point because that would be a lot of fun Talk about some of those radio stations. And CJ... Love mm. CJ. I love that he's become a meme. Uh, but uh, <laughs> here we go again. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, next week, uh, we're talking about a movie, and it's not Scarface. It's Freaky Friday, the classic Jamie Lee Curtis and Lindsay Lohan movie. I'm not sure if I want to call that a classic, but it's a classic. <laughs> uh, it's a story that has been done probably a billion times before and another billion since. Uh, Mother-daughter getting swapped uh, and uh, and of course Lindsay Lohan is now Jamie Lee Curtis and vice versa uh, it's a nice fun movie I have a very fond memories with it I watched it again this week I won't say I won't give away what I thought about it I'll wait till the the episode Neil yeah me too I watched it this week and it, it's a it's a charming movie I love Jamie Lee Curtis and early Lindsay Lohan how can you not love it this movie was fantastic in in the early 2000s it was that type of movie that you'd see on a school field trip or you'd get it from Blockbuster you know it's just a light easy movie to watch and maybe it was on the family channel and you caught the second half of it so a movie that was iconic if you grew up in the early 2000s so it's going to be a lot of fun to talk about it with you next week but until then ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for listening to episode 18 of the unlocking what was cool podcast new episode every thursday on all the major podcast services leave us a rating and a review so we can make the show better you can support the show by going to patreon.com forward slash unlocking what was cool all patrons get the show ad free a little early and the option to submit and vote on our monthly patreon elected episode just like everyone did this week special shout out again to cube dude for winning this month's election you can follow us on instagram facebook and join the weekly conversation on our discord channel share us with your friends and family tell Lance Vance, Mike says hi. Thank you so much for the support, and we will see you next week. See you later. Bye-bye. The Unlocking What Was Cool podcast is a recorded and produced show from Toronto, Canada, and hosted by Mike Lane and Neil Gilbert. Additional voices provided by Victor Young. Special thank you to our Patreon supporters at the $5 level. I Rebel, Dean Donian, Joey Sirico, Marty Thompson, Double Ugly, Benito Benito, AJ Olson 11, Pedro Marquez, Cube Dude, Bogus Lotus, Jude, and Way Overrated. Man, poor Lance. R.I.P. Poor Lance. Lance Van- it reminds me of Lance Bass, the guy from, uh, <laughs> is that NSYNC or Backstreet Boys? I don't know. I think it's NSYNC. Does it matter? Yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, Lance Vance, uh, true hero. He He's honestly the the, the best guy in that, uh, in that crew. I miss him. Hmm. How much cocaine did he do in the game? Just a little. Okay. Just a bit. Just the right yeah. amount of cocaine. Just, just the right amount. <laughs>